Hello and welcome to Season 2, Episode 2 of the Portadown Preview Show. I'm Neil and alongside me as always, I'm joined by the not wearing his shirt and tie and cardigan combination tonight, Dave Wiggins. Dave, how are you? Listen, you can take the piss out of me about my cardigan, but let's talk about your new haircut. <laughs> <laughs> You've definitely, I saw you, I saw you on the... Uh, well, I saw you last night, but I saw you. Did you get it this week? Oh, last night I noticed it at Seaview. You definitely had a wee wash and a blow dry, like. It's not actually a new haircut. It just needs cuts too long to spike right. up. So. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. No, listen, I, I've adorned myself with Portadown's best ever home shirt in recent years, where the sponsor is so low down on the shirt that you can't even see it on screen there, you know. Anyway, Amazing. there you are. 17, 18, love it. Um, we're delighted to be joined tonight by uh, Stephen Crawford from the newsletter. Stephen, thanks for coming on the show. How are you keeping? Not too bad, thanks, Neil. And thanks again for the invite. This is my second uh, appearance now. I'm waiting to get my hat trick ball for the next one. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Who, who's been on three times? Only one person so far? Michael, yeah. Yeah. Don't worry, don't worry. We still have plenty of opportunity this season. <laughs> Port Anna will be playing Corey in like so you know he'll be, Listen, he'll be back well, on. Before Stephen comes on a third time, we'll have to get Patrick Van Doord on for his <laughs> second time because that just wouldn't be good. Like, <laughs> I'll tell you. It's nice to be in demand. So well, this is anyway. that, like, you know, it's nice to be popular somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, here before we kick on and talk about um results and fixtures and whatnot. The Perriers can, can answer this. How good is it to be at the games and actually have fans back at them properly? Yeah, I think obviously last season we were a bit of a privileged position that to get the games when, when the majority of supporters couldn't get there, but they were definitely a different feel about them. This season, like last Friday night, I was at Anver Park and just to hear the roar of the fans and chanting the game was it made the whole night for us, even though it was a defeat for Corey and that was, it was something special. Yeah, I, I had that feeling on Friday night as well. And especially, I love the fact we were playing Glenavon at home on a Friday night, first game of the season. It, it was just class. And, you know, to more or less sell out what we were allowed to have there um, was brilliant. Singing, noise, wee bit of argy-bargy. You know, it, it's just nice to have someone to sing at when you're, you know... Yeah, that's what football is all about, isn't it? It's about fans and rivals and uh, what happens on the pitch, of course. But if you're standing there in an empty stand, shouting at the linesman, it's no fun. So it was absolutely class. And of course, we'll have Glenavon back at Shamrock Park on Boxing Day as well. So hopefully we'll get another massive crowd that night. So it was the biggest crowd I remember being at Shamrock Park for a long, long time, it has to be said, because, you know, obviously in a championship you, one man and his dog came from some of those clubs to watch, and uh, that's 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 the god's honest truth. At the end of the day, know, you, know? you know, some of the teams brought their three committee men, and that was it. And fair enough, they're you know they're working hard for the clubs and everything. But in terms of football, it's at that level, it's all about supporters as well as what's happening on the pitch. So it was absolutely class. Loved it, and uh, had no okay care result. Maybe it wasn't so enjoyable at Seaview, and I know we'll talk about that, but as well as that, on Tuesday night, that was one of the biggest Crusaders home supports I've possibly ever seen. So their supporters were obviously delighted to be back and to be back at Seaview as well. So t- 
to all fans in the league, you know, just enjoy yourselves while you can. Hopefully there'll be no more disruptions or restrictions, but who knows? So I think enjoy it while you can. And it's great to be back at our stadiums and clubs again. No, absolutely. You're right on the money. I think everything the Perrys have said there is completely spot on. It was absolutely, I was buzzing last week at Shamrock Park. It was great to be back. And you had a special visitor with you, didn't you? I did. So Scott, my one-year-old, um, won there a couple of weeks ago. So he made his debut and uh, he seemed to enjoy it. Like so, he he didn't cry anyway. So <laughs> at least he's seen one. At least he's seen one of his teams score a goal. Like he's uh, not going to see any goals out of the Arsenal this season. So yeah. So in the, in the space of a week, he's been at the Emirates and then he's been to Shamrock Park. So it's been uh, it's been a memorable week for me anyway. Like, um, but. <laughs> like you said, it's uh, it, well, he hasn't seen any victories yet. Like so, we'll we'll get up straight on to the Glenavon game then. So, um, last Friday night, Glenavon visited Shamrock Park, Middlestar Derby. Stephen, um, Glenavon, well, they, they got the the last ditch equaliser, so to speak. Even though we had pretty much got a we, what we thought was a last minute winner. What do you what do you make of Glenavon this season? Do you, do you think they should be pushing for the top six? Yeah, obviously they made those uh, three early signings with Stafford Hockey and Walworth coming from Lumford and it seemed to lay down a marker that they were wanting to kick on this season and Danny Walsh is coming after that good player and they've retained the majority of their, their squad. The only the position that maybe would leave him wanting is goalkeeper. I think losing Tuffy was obviously a big blow and they haven't really replaced him in any way. So that can maybe happen a bit, but... I think given the squad that they'll be definitely trying to push into the top six, whether it happens or not, as an hour thing. But I think when you bring in those caliber of players, you really have to be pushing for that for that top six place. Dave, you're sitting there with a small grin on your face, like you, <laughs> as if you're you're itching to say something. <laughs> give us give us your thoughts. No, no, I, I, I listen. It, in the moment. When they equalised, uh, you know, it was kind of gotten. And, uh, but looking back, sure, the spoils, uh, you know, probably reflective of the game overall. Having said that, you know, y- you can say that. I was kind of looking back on it. I'm surprised that our players and coaches and everybody didn't complain more about Glenavon being awarded a free kick when they did at the end to score that goal. Because do you see when you see it, I actually missed it in the match. It was like, what's he giving a free kick for? I don't even really understand. The ball sort of slowly bounces and grazes off Adam Sally's thigh and and he's given a free kick. Now, O'Connor steps up and curls it into the top corner. Cracking goal. Um, You know, I can't take that away from them. But in that moment, I mean, it just wasn't a free kick, was it? And you you can go ahead and say... You know, one team was slightly better than the other. But if you're awarded a free kick in the 94th minute, that was nowhere near a free kick and he curls it into the top corner. You have to be annoyed about that as well. Um, and looking back, I am fairly annoyed about it because when you when you look through the 90 minutes of the match, we played pretty well. We showed a lot of fight. I think the match was fairly even. Um Glenavon maybe were on top for slightly longer in certain spells. And, you know, they were maybe they had one more corners and free kicks and throw-ins and things like that. But overall, you know, we had chances, 
Crossgreed had a, a chance and then he he headed one onto the post as well, if I remember. And there were some other chances in the match. Obviously for Glenavon late in the second half, Waterworth comes on. He misses two, one half chance, which was almost like a diving header, but he goes through one-on-one -on -one with the keeper at one stage, um, puts it around the post and all that kind of stuff. So when, when you think about the balance of play, there was, there was good chances created by both teams. We scored a lovely goal, and I think one of the moments of the game for me was, well, I think we had said Ruri Crossgree was going to be a name that we heard plenty of this season, and in that Glenavon match, I thought he played really well. He got on the ball a lot. And it's interesting when he gets on the ball now, you actually feel like, so, oh, something's going to happen here. You know, he's got the ability to beat a man. So he gets hold of the ball, gets across, and then Adam McCallum plays this beautiful wee reverse pass that splits the defence open, cross-free passes it across, and your centre-back Paul Finnegan taps it in and the ball boys go absolutely nuts and the whole stand goes absolutely nuts. And it was an absolutely brilliant moment. Uh, for our first goal uh, back at Shamrock Park this season. And of course, you think that's a winning goal. Everybody's going nuts. And then the referee gives Glenavon a free kick two minutes later and he sticks it in the top corner. Um, I think Glenavon might feel a little bit that they should have then gone on and won the match because there were those chances. There were scrambles in the box. Doherty dived on one. So all things considered, one all. Decent result. I think Portadown happy with the point. I'm sure Gal Gary Hamilton would, I think he did say it publicly, he was disappointed not to get three points. But I think first match of the season, he'll have been happy enough there to get, a, get away with the point and to not lose uh, against Portadown. So it was a great night all round. I could talk about it all the time. And uh, somebody said coming out, it's lucky we equalised before they scored. And there was a bit of feeling of that where, they were pushing for a goal. We did score a good goal, but they equalised in the end. And uh, it probably did feel a wee bit like a defeat because it was a very late goal, you know. Um, so mixed feelings. Looking back, it was okay. It was a good point, you know. How did you uh, feel, Neil? Well, I actually thought that chance you're talking about when Andy Waterworth burst through near the end and he hooked it just wide, I was like, like that hiding behind my hands. Like, Tell I, me this, really was, was that at one all? Was that at one all already? No, it was, was before we, that was before, it was at nil nil. Was it at it was, nil nil? It was before we scored and I thought when he burst through that I thought he was going to score. That's the one where the, the picture of the kid uh, laughing or pointing at Waterworth. You see it, yeah? Saw that, yeah. Yeah. And uh, he's I'm just glad that like, photograph was taken then. And not two seconds later. Let's just say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, so I, do you know what? I thought it was a fair result, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, I was really disappointed they scored right at the death. But at the same time, it didn't surprise me because in the Mid-Ulster derbies over the years, I have lost count how many times Portland have conceded last-minute equalizers or last-minute goals in general, like defeats to them. So it didn't surprise me. I was just like, yeah. It was one of the ones you just knew. As soon as he put the ball down and said he's going to ping us in the top corner, you just yeah. knew, and it happened. Yeah. So, I thought we were. I thought we were pretty solid defensively. I thought Doherty had a good game as well, and you know there was a lot of blocks and headers and that kind of thing. He had a couple of point blank saves to make as well. Um, we haven't even mentioned Glen Allen scored a beautiful overhead kick in the second minute, <laughs> which was disallowed for offside. But what a sweet goal that was! And uh, it was great when the Glen Allen fans cheered to be able to go. 
yeah, <laughs> you know, so that was good. Um, but my ultimate moment of the match, lads, was Michael Ruddy was limping for the whole of the second half. Like, I think he picked up a dead leg and he was like heavily limping. And then when we scored your goal, he ran across the pitch, <laughs> jumped on the pylon, got up again and limped back to his left back position for the next couple of minutes, you know. So, uh, yeah. There you go. He stood out actually. He's he's been a great sign, and I think he's very solid. He knows he knows the game at left back there in the Irish League, and yeah, I was pretty pretty impressed with him and everybody on Friday night. Do we have to talk about the Crusaders match? <laughs> it's just going to kill the buzz here. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Stephen, if if you were Matthew Tipton before the Glenavon game, would you have taken a point? What do you think? A good result in the end, or? A bit disappointing. I think Tibby would have fancied, you know, Glenavon coming to, to Shamrock Park and sort of putting the cat amongst the pigeons and, you know, raising the, the, the occasion of it all because he's that type of guy. And I think he probably fancied to get three points where, you know, a portal down support behind him. But they lose, they lose the two points so late on in the game. I'm sure he was absolutely got it. You know what I mean? Because a manager, you're just hoping to see it out, do the simple things. And unfortunately, as you're saying there, the free kick probably shouldn't have been given, but then all you can do is try and defend it. Like you know, so I'm sure he wasn't in too good a form after the match. He gave quite a he gave quite a he gave quite a long interview afterwards, didn't he? I think he did. Not like him. Uh, so. uh, I don't I think, think he was too he too disappointed. Like uh-huh. yeah, I, just, I mean, I don't think a manager's going to come out after the first game of the season to say, and you know, you want to keep people. The mood was okay, you know, you, yeah. want, you want the players to realise they played well, they had a solid game, you want fans to realise that it was a hard battle and we, we got a point, we scored a good goal, we got a point. So to be too, to come out and be too heavy about it, I think mm-hmm. doesn't, do, doesn't do anybody any good, does it really? You know, behind closed doors, you know, we can say it to his, you know, to Miskelly and the other coaches there, I'm really, you know, I'm deflated about that, but I think... You know, you have to pick, you have to get the boys ready to, to go again on the Tuesday night. So it probably doesn't do any good to come out in the media and to, no, 100%. you know, to be too despondent. And and it takes it takes a few matches to get into your stride, you know. And, uh, you know, Stephen, at the end of the day, you know, you're a Korean supporter and there's a Korean <laughs> have played two and lost two. So, and, and we know they're a good side and we know they've got good players and a good manager. So sometimes it can just take a wee while to get going in the league. Exactly, and like, yeah, it's just, you know, it's just one of those things. Like it's, uh, as you say, everybody's finding their feet, and we bits of luck here and there can change games. And I think that's what's happened in a, in a couple of games. But you say you just have to take the positives and move on. Yeah, so. that's what I keep saying to myself about Arsenal. <laughs> <as well>. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. well Obviously, we don't want to talk about being too despondent, but we'll move on to save you then on Tuesday night there. Um, not exactly a great result, was it? But I I don't think, well, obviously, we're putting a beat 4-0 by Crusaders for anyone that's listening or watching and didn't know the score. And uh, But I have to say, I didn't think it was a 4-0 game at all. Like, uh, I, I know it's, it's, Crusaders deserved a win, without a shadow of a doubt like and they did their job and they did it well but I don't think Portadown actually played that badly if I'm honest with you um, I just think we didn't defend Cross as well enough and we got punished but 
for the actual game itself. I don't think it was like one-way traffic from start to finish from the cup. There's so, boys from the Port of Down section on the Irish League forums who are cursing you up and down right now because the comments what? today have been unreal. Like. You know what? I've saw them because they've been sent to me. I'm not on those forums. I don't read them, like, but I've been sent them. Just being like, what do you think of this? Are you are um, you too good for the forums or what? Are you above the forums? <laughs> no, I just I just don't. I just I can't be bothered with it, to be perfectly Fair honest. Enough. I just it's a waste of time, in my opinion. But how do you make fun of Glenavon fans then? Do you have to text them? <laughs> I just I go don't... straight. I just don't associate myself with Glenavon fans. Right, I think that's okay. the best way to deal with it. Like. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> Do you know, uh, listen, we got beat 4 0, right? We got beat 5 0 there last season. Um, That's an improvement. <laughs> it's an improvement, you know, four years' time, we'll maybe beat them 1 0. But um, <laughs> no, uh, you, I, I understand what you're saying, and I do agree. I don't think it was a 4 0 game. I don't think they trounced us. But what I think happened was I thought we were well in the game, we were passing and moving. Crusaders were obviously at home on their 4G pitch, doing their usual game, playing their usual game, diagonal balls to the wingers, trying to get crosses. And they're very effective at it, and they had good possession of the ball. Um, and then Heatley scores a wee glancing header. I mean, he's never not scored against us, so you sort of expect at least one Heatley goal, you know. Um, defensively, we'll, we'll probably... Should have asked ourselves some questions there. But the heads didn't drop. And, and last year, the heads would have dropped straight away. Okay. Um, and the heads didn't really drop, I don't think, probably until the third goal went in. So the first goal was the first goal. We were still in the game. We were still playing. We were still creating half chances. Um, second goal goes in. You know, I thought overall, I thought for the Glenavon match defensively, including the goalkeeper, I thought we were really good, really solid. Um, I thought probably at Seaview we were a wee bit lax and a wee bit sloppy. So for Crusaders' second goal, you know, Johnny McMurray comes on and the ball just comes around and he just slips in at the back post. Everybody stops the defence, the goalkeeper. He slips in round the back and gets a bit of a half touch on it and it goes in. He's, he's, he's done what he's there to do. It's a great a great striker's goal at the end of the day. But we're still playing a bit. And then the third goal's really sloppy and the fourth goal's really sloppy. And what do you do, you know? Um, created a couple of chances. You know, Lee Bonus, he's up front on his own there for most of the game, just kind of plugging away, getting, you know, elbows in the back and knees in the back and just getting up and going and going and going. Um, you know... You can talk about there's players out injured there. There's, you know, when you think about players who weren't there, Kerr wasn't there, Lavery wasn't there, Barney McCune, Sam Ward, Anderson. They're the short-term guys who are out injured. And then long-termers, you're McNally and McVeigh and Luke Wilson, your captain and your central midfielder. So when you think about that and you think about our budget and the size of our squad to go to Seaview with that many injuries and stuff was always going to be a big ask. I think we all felt that we could maybe go there and, and you know, sneak a point or, or get some kind of result. Um, but overall, it was disappointing. Again, I'm not overly despondent. It's the second match of the season, you know, and there's no point in getting too, too downhearted because at the end of the day, Larner coming to Shamrock Park on Saturday, Linfielder coming to Shamrock Park the Saturday after that. So 
we are where we are. We're not, it's not 1994 where we're pushing for the title or we're finishing second or whatever. We're, we're slowly building and trying to maybe slip up into eighth place or seventh place and eventually break into the top six. So we're going to struggle at places like that. Um, but overall, coming off the back of the Glenavon match where we played really well, we're defensively strong at Seaview. You know, the back four and goalkeeper probably know that they should have done better in the match. Um, but I'm not too despondent about it, if that's if that's the word, you know. You see some of the, send the pictures that get sent earlier on of the forums. Now, there's a couple of comments on it that sound very like what you've just said there. Like, so could that have been you under a wee alias there on the, Absolutely on the internet? Absolutely not. I, if I'm on the <laughs> internet, I am under my own name always. <laughs> you know? Stephen um, Crusaders obviously got off to a disappointing start themselves against Linfield on Saturday. The bounce back there beating us. Do you think um, that's a reality check for Portadown? You know, going in against the likes of Crusaders and who are top six side and swept the society essentially. I think as Dave said there, you know, it's sort of understanding where you are and you are going to get these. Like, uh, you know, some days teams just click, and Crusaders have the firepower to do that to anybody. But they're maybe just not at the pump as what they were maybe four or five years ago. But when you've got boys like John McMurray and Paul Heatley, they can pull a goal out of anything, like you know. So I think sometimes it is a reality check. You just have to say, well, we're building and we're we're hoping to get into that level where Crusaders are maybe in like two, three years' time. But there's no doubt about it. Players like Lee Bonus, keeping him as a no pun intended as a massive bonus for for Portadown. <laughs> oh, there, there's a newspaper journalist. Oh, puns, puns. You know, but like some of the cam who not only can score goals but works as absolute but off like you know up front you and like building a team around a guy like him is, is going to be crucial for Portadown going forward. Um, I was texting Mark Beattie, who looks after all our media the other night, to say our new goalkeeper from South Africa is called Jethrin Barr. So we were trying to uh, come up with some puns around bar. It wouldn't be hard, would it? Like, you know, tips it on bar, tips it onto the bar, for example. You know, this is it. Um, he's actually playing for the under twenties. Uh, on his clearance wasn't through for. Well, I don't know if he'd be a starter. You know, Ben Docker is obviously there, and they're going to fight it out for the shirt. But he wasn't in the squad. But he did play for the under twenties on Wednesday night here while we're recording so hopefully he's not far away from being in the squad as well I think he I think you know he's another he's an excellent goalkeeper um according to the management his kicking and his distribution is unbelievable so we'll, ha we'll have to see what that's like um hopefully he can stop shots as well because <laughs> that would be good but I hear he's, he's good he comes for crosses and um I heard in his first night of training, he maybe even ruffled a few feathers where he was just coming for crosses and knocking his own teammates out of the way <laughs> to get to the ball. So um, I think he, he sounds like he'd be all right in the Irish League, you know. Well, speaking of the Irish League there, Dave, what did you make of a bit of WWE last night, you know, between Sammy McLeod and Daniel Larmer, you know, down by the... the, the I was right the in front of, of you, wasn't it? Uh, <laughs> I think does does Darren is it Larmer? Yeah, young Larmer. I think he gets his haircut in the same barber as you as well. By the way, it's very similar. Similar wee look going on there. Is that why you brought him up? Just, uh, it just was a, a, quite a funny moment. A bit of play. Listen, it was absolute handbags, is what it was. Yeah. You know, Sammy's not going to pull out of a tackle or like a bit of a scuffle, but. Uh, it, 
you know, we lad went down like he'd been elbowed in the face and then like he stayed down for a while and obviously we jeered him and booed him and when the referee didn't give him anything, he turned around and sort of winked and smiled, didn't he? So let's just call him a cheat because that's what it was. He was <laughs> uh, At the end of the day, he was trying to get our player booked or sent off and it was it was ridiculous, but it's ah, listen, it's all part of the game. It's all part of trying to get a trying to get a, the upper hand on your competitor. Um, so there you go. But I think Sammy would be up for it, all right, do you? Her, her band or not, work away. <laughs> all, all I could think of last week when I was when I saw him at the games was he was was just peak late nineties Vinnie Orton's white hair. 100%. <laughs> That's all I could think of like when I saw him. But no, did, I agree with did you. Finney, did Finney ever wear a hairband though? Uh, I doubt it. I don't think so. I, I doubt it. So. Oh, no. uh, I do agree with the Perriers. I wouldn't be too despondent. Like I came out of Seaview last night and thought, yeah, okay, really disappointing result. But we are where we are. I thought beforehand that we, we would get a draw. Like I'll hold my hands up. And so I was obviously disappointed we didn't, but I'm not too despondent about it. But we need to shore up at the back, like because you can't be conceding four against Crusaders and stuff, and especially when you've got the likes of Lauren and be coming. Yeah. So that leads us into this Saturday, where we entertain uh, the billionaires from East Antrim. So, Stephen, your, your neighbours. You're talking about your neighbours here. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, How many miles are you from Lauren? About four, five, six. Carrick, um, no, but it's it depends which road you take the front road or the back road, <laughs> which average which longest, I presume. <laughs> the front road, um, Stephen, um, you've covered Lauren um, quite a bit over the summer there. They've obviously had some fantastic results in Europe. Um, what do you rate their chances this season? Because obviously, you know, they've, they've got a whole load of new players in, some big names, Ben Barty mm. for one they're going to be expected to be challenging, if not winning the league, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, I think this is a, a totally different scenario for them this year because they've also obviously had a year in the in the league and they've won spent more money and then the European exploits, the expectation levels are rising. Like I think a few people still in the club would maybe say, oh, we're, it's a project and this, that, the other, but you don't get away with that for too long in every league you, you need to start no, producing, you know, so... They've obviously signed very well in the minute and the in the summer. You've also mentioned Ben Doggerty, Kane Bolger at the back looks a big, big unit. He got picked up a knock against us last week. So I don't know how you, if he'll play or not. Rowan Ferguson's a decent goalkeeper. That's added to the squad that they already have, you know. So they are a threat. There's no doubt about it. I think there was questions asked maybe about could they see it through? Because remember last year they went ahead and fell away in the new year and Friday night's game against Corian, maybe previous season they would have drawn or lost that, but they came through and got the three points. So maybe there is a wee bit more of a mentality about them to, to see this through, but they're going to have to put a consistent run together and, and take on the likes of Linfield and even the Glens. So it'll be interesting to see how they cope with that this season. There was plenty of digs on and off the pitch at that long Corian match, wasn't there? No comment. Uh... No comment. Well, I was a bit surprised that uh, David McDade didn't see red. Like It, it looked up. Per title at the time, and obviously Andrew Davies reacting to how he sees it, he had a clear view of it. But then it all kicked off in the bounces. I think it was easier to give out the two reds to Winky and Tim McCann. But let's just say they had a heated conversation in the tunnel. <laughs> but they're old school; they'll, they'll, they'll those two. You'll whatever they said on the pitch, they'll, they'll shake their hands and 
move on afterwards, like you know. But I like to see that passion, like you know. I mean, obviously, it has to be within a certain degree, but like it's Irish League boys love it. You know what I mean? They're passionate about their teams, and we'll make it continue. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Um, I mean, it's going to be difficult on Saturday. I think you know we're we're no surprise package to learn. You know, uh, last season, you know, we've given them we've given them a good game a couple of times, picked up a draw, picked up a win at home. Um, but just by scrapping it out and feeding off their mistakes. So I think, you know, when we've got points off them in the last season, it's been because we've worked hard and we've capitalised when they've made mistakes. So I, I would imagine they're working hard and cutting out those mistakes and, and adding players who are possibly less likely to make those mistakes. Um, but again, it'll be brilliant. You know, I, I imagine Lauren will sell out the wee stand behind the net. I'm sure they'll have 500 tickets for it. Um, it's not quite full capacity there yet, so I'm sure they'll fill that and they'll they'll come down and bring plenty of banners and and they'll sing a bit and rail Neil up a wee bit and <laughs> our supporters will give as good as they get. Um, yeah, traditionally Portadown supporters don't sing an awful lot at home over the last few years, but I think now that we're back in in the big league and there's fans coming, it's just it creates that wee bit more of a buzz and mm-hmm. the boys are are up for singing at home as well. So it'll be an interesting uh, match-up, you know. Uh, yeah, they've plenty of money. They've, the project is going on and they're working very hard, very hard on it. And they're bringing in good players and paying big wages and all of that kind of stuff. So for us to get anything out of that game at home to learn, you know, we're going to have to be in top form. We're going to have to be resolute in defence. And when our th- two or three or four chances come along, we're probably going to have to take two of them to win the match, you would imagine. So um, I'd say uh, the managers and the players and the coaches, they'll be up for it and they'll be doing their utmost to try and win three points. It's a home match at the end of the day in front of your home fans. So you have to give it a good go within reason. Um, And we'll have to see what happens. And I think I say it all the time, two things, I repeat myself, but do play better against better teams, especially at home. Um, yeah, but I just, yeah, we have to give it everything we've got and, and go for three points. There's no, we could as easily get three points against Larne as we might against a Warren Point or a Carrick. You just have to go out there, turn up, play your best and do everything you can, leave it all out there and cross your fingers and hope for the best. And that's that's where we're at and that's what it'll be like in matches this season, you know. Um, I think those teams around us, your Carricks and Warren Points and Dungannons, as well as themselves, they've signed some players there and some good players. Um, so it's just going to be exciting again, trying to trying to stay up, trying to avoid a playoff, and then pushing up a wee bit if we can. I think realistically, right? What out of the so our first games, obviously Glenavon, Crusaders, Larne, Lenfield, and then Carrick, right? But if you even take those first four games. Realistically, points-wise, we've got one already. If Portadown were to come out of those games with none, which let's just let's pray that doesn't happen, would you would you be panicking or like Stephen, or do you think there needs to be a sense of realism to be like Portadown have been literally given the hardest start of the season? I know Corrine have had a couple of really hard games as well, mm-hmm. and they have lost none. And I've heard people say, or sorry, lost none, they've lost both. And mm-hmm. I've heard people say, oh, they're in big trouble. And it's like, well, they're playing Lauren and Cliftonville. They're, they're going to be up there. Like, I mean, 
there needs to be surely needs to be a bit of realism with that. And yeah. I don't just mean as supported iron fans, I just mean mm. in general. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And I think you know, fans are so overreactive at times that you know you get a couple of bad results and it's like, oh, what's happening? But games are so finely balanced in every league. I, you know, no matter who you're playing, it's just small margins, one's games, you know, and I think if you're going into maybe five, six, seven games and you still haven't won one and then you might have to look and assess where are we going here, <laughs> you know what I mean? But hopefully yeah. that doesn't happen. But I think it's just about, yeah, you know, it's different if you're going out and getting trounced every week, you know, the odd goal here and there can just come down to different incidents during the game and I think it's just about keeping the, keeping the lid on it and saying, right, get back and keep working hard because I think you're right against Lauren. If you go out there and match their work rate, you can have a chance. Obviously, they've got great players now, but if you go out there and put on a real performance against them and give them no time to the ball, they'll find it tough to play against you because that's what they did in Europe against the teams. So there's no reason why teams can't go and do that to them. I think so. Like When it comes down to it, if they miss their big chances and we take our big chances, there's, there's the result of the match, you know. <laughs> but you're saying about fans. Linfield fans are going into the season expecting to win the league. Glentoran fans are going in to expect to win the league. Larne fans are expecting they're going to win the league. There's only one team wins the league. Yeah. Glenavon fans are expecting them to get into the top six. Balamina fans are expecting them to get into the top six. But Crusaders and Cliftonville are still floating about in cool rain. So, you know, everybody can't win the league. Everybody can't get into Europe. Everybody mm-hmm. can't get into the top six. And that's where you are. Like Stephen says there, it's just, it is competitive. It's very competitive. Um it's it's really interesting this season, you know, top and yeah. bottom. It's it's top six and bottom six. It's it's going to make for a really exciting season. Stephen, out of the right, obviously there's going to be the certain favourites to win the league, right? But if you had to pick now, not who's going to win it between the between Larne, Glentorn, and Linfield, which one of them is under the most pressure to win the league this season? He wants you to say Lauren, mate. He just wants you to say Lauren. Like, um, no, it's a genuine question. I, I, I do. I think, I think you're all. Yeah, I think each one carries their own levels of pressure and expectation. I think the Glens, with the sign of Shane McCartan and the money, and it just puts that bit more pressure on them, you know. And obviously, they're the big two haven't won the league in a number of years. I think Lumfield, there's always pressure in Lumfield. They won the league, so it's no different this year. Lauren are still seen as relative outsiders because they've never won the league. So I think the Glens probably have the most pressure on them at the minute because of what they've done this summer. But again, pick on one of those teams that go and win the league. It's, it's like putting a, you know, you know, a pin on the wall. Like, you, know, you could pick on And that's what I, I did a show a couple of weeks ago and I was trying to predict who was going to get won the league and who was going to get relegated. And it's so tough, as you said there, throughout the whole league. You just can't pick between one team and the other like it's just it's too tight to call mm. it certainly does make for great viewing um, this who's cool, who's cool um, playing on Saturday by the way uh, Corian's at Carrick on Saturday at Carrick Flip yeah me. we were first five games five games away because of the pitch oh that's right I forgot yeah, which is another yeah that's another thing it sort yeah. of makes it more difficult doesn't it too oh hate going to Taylor's Avenue or whatever it's called now. <laughs> uh, anyway. anyway. We, we listen, we, we're due a win. We're due a win in Carrick-Fergus one of these days, aren't we? We play them there in uh, two weeks' time. Yeah. We've got, we, got, we got them off her back and beat them at home. Now we need to beat them away, don't we? 
yeah no absolutely but we'll focus on Lauren first obviously <laughs> uh, <laughs> way, yeah. I don't want to it would be nice to be going into the game. You sound, you sound like a manager there, Neil, isn't it? <laughs> just we'll take one game at a time here. We're just focused on the next game. Cliches are coming I'm out now. <laughs> I'm, I'm managing expectations. That's all a sign of good management, isn't it? <laughs> Listen, uh, I think we'll wrap it up there, guys. Uh, Stephen, thank you very much for coming on the show. And uh, whenever Port Arnold are playing Korean, we will definitely have you back on again. Good stuff. Look forward to it. As long, well, we'll bring him on the week after if we beat them. Because that'll be more that'll be more enjoyable for us. The worst thing is I'm not even getting an appearance out Shamrock this season because Mr. Van Dort will be covering all the port down. No, he'll be covering so them. I'll have to wait until you come up to the showgrounds to have a bit of a banter with these that's right. person. That's uh, that's gonna be that's the Halloween weekend, I believe. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'll be up. Ah, that'll be good. That'll be good. That will be good indeed. Dave, thanks as always. And um, Pleasure. yeah, sure you're get, looking get forward a bit to waxing. Get, get a bit of wax in that hair, mate. <laughs> yeah, we'll make sure your tie's nice and straight, everyone will see you there on Saturday and all that. Right? He won't go, he won't wear the full the full suit. The all, full right, suit. all right, all right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> and puts a cardigan just to look all a bit, bit casual, but I've still Can I tell you what's back. worse? I had a pair of I had a pair of all black trainers on. Firstly, with a pair of my trousers, and I, and I was like, oh, I can't do it, so I put on my DM boots instead. <laughs> so he's the, he's the shirt and tie on, and then nips around the back, and then sticks on, you know, the big Liam Gallagher style coat and all, you know, the sort of blend <laughs> in the crowd. <laughs> Listen, folks, thank you very much, and as always, don't forget to like and subscribe to the We Are Ports TV YouTube channel, and you can also find uh, these on Spotify as well. So. Thank you, folks, for, for tuning in. And, fellas, it's been an absolute blast. Thank you very much. Cheers, Nate. Cheers. Cheers.